Well, 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 welcome back to the Students Here podcast, a podcast for you, the students, brought to you by Student Life and Learning here on the Waterford campus of SETU Ireland. I'm your host, Gary, and I cannot wait to get chatting to students again this semester about their college experience. This is the first episode of semester two, and some of you might be well into the swing of things, while others may be lacking the motivation to get moving. Both cases are fully acceptable, and it's normal to be experiencing low mood. Later on in this episode, we will be joined by Martin Flynn, who is a business student in Fortier, and Anne-Marie Quigley, who is the head of our student counselling team here on the Waterford campus of SETU Ireland. I am by no means a professional, but I was a student last year, and I know what worked for me and what didn't. What worked for me may not work for you, but I will share briefly how I used some basic skills to get me back on track. When talking about tackling low mood, it may seem like it was an easy task. And yes, looking back, it was, but when you're feeling that way, it can be hard to snap out of bad habits. And what tends to happen is this feedback loop of procrastination and not feeling great about yourself and what you are doing. I would find myself setting these large goals to be achieved in the future, whether that be getting top grades, getting a great job that I love, or being financially stable. Although these were great goals to have, they seemed unachievable. They were so big that they became overwhelming and I found myself not getting anything done. I'd miss college because I'd be feeling this way, which resulted in the negative feedback loop of not getting anything done. This then went on for a while, and I decided to research ways in which I can tackle low mood. There are many ways in which we can do this, but my main takeaway was to set small goals and get the basics right. It may seem like nothing, but these small goals and basics is what set us up on the path for success. There are many psychological effects to these steps. If you give an extra 1% to each day, this can lead to you achieving those bigger goals. Number one on my list was sleep. Sleep is crucial to keeping your body and mind working. Getting a good night's sleep can improve the way you are feeling and give you the best chance to achieving those goals. It can be difficult to keep a sleep pattern, but if you start a routine or even just set yourself up a bedtime, limiting phone usage before bed and cutting out caffeinated drinks or large meals leading up to bedtime, you start creating a good sleep habit routine. And I say habit there, and a lot of us associate habits with bad habits, like staying up late or not getting any work done. You have these bad habits, but you also have good habits, and it's about these habits that we have that create a routine. You may think you're lazy or lack willpower to do something, but it's all about creating habits that form a healthy routine and less about your willpower. A good book to help me understand the power of habits and taught me how to break those bad ones is called Atomic Habits. For me, gaining an understanding of the tools I can use to improve my well-being was crucial. We may have lots of other stuff going on in our life, but if we can get the basics right, we may find ourselves more able to deal with such things. I would recommend watching videos or reading books and articles to help you gain an understanding of your own mental health. It is important, to, however, to note that there are many sources out there. I will be asking Anne-Marie Quigley, who was head of student council, as I mentioned, about how we find these correct resources later on in the podcast. Another big thing for me was exercise. I'm not a sporty person, and I'm not one to work out. I'm probably extremely unfit as is, and I felt lazy because of this. However, it came down to my mindset and my thoughts around exercise. I felt like I needed to exercise to look different, for an aesthetic gain as such. But there are many other benefits to exercising though. 
Exercise not only helps us physically, but mentally also. I found even just getting out on small walks and doing small bits to keep myself active helped me feel so much better in myself and confident about my abilities doing everyday tasks and college work. Sleep and exercise was the biggest things for me. After I improved my sleep and exercise routine, I zoned in on bettering my studying ability to improve my college work. I felt being present and showing up for class helped me understand what's going on and kept me busy and not stuck at home. I was over overwhelmed by the workload. As I was always just looking at the end goal of the end of semester exams, to tackle this, I broke the semester up even further. I set a study plan. Rather than zoning in on the end of semester exams, I set weekly and monthly goals. I wrote down when each assignment was due and what I could do weekly to get one step further to completing these goals. Before I would have sat down to do work on an assignment and looked at it as this 10,000 word piece. Rather than doing that, I broke it down into 500 words at a time. Or maybe even a hundred words knowing when it's due but knowing how much time i have to do it helped me a lot it was able to break it down into those smaller chunks of right i have the introduction i can focus on that today i have another paragraph i can do that tomorrow or later on this evening these are just what work for me and you may be different the main takeaway from this is to see what works for you and have small goals to help you achieve those bigger ones all that said and done enjoy yourself College is what you make it. Sign up for things. Get out there and make friends. Say hello to someone as you're walking through the, the main building or the business building or whatever it is that you may have classes. Take advantage of the clubs and societies. Sign up for whatever it is you can, whatever it is you have time for. College is what you make it, as I said, and we hope you enjoy your time here in SETU. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Amory Quigley from the student counselling team and Martin who was a BBS student. Hello, Martin. How are, how are you today? I'm good. Genuinely very excited for this. So, Martin, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what course you're doing? So, my name is Martin Flynn. I am a Bachelor of Business that specialises in marketing, and I'm in my final year of college. Thank God. Have you enjoyed your time here? Being a final year, have you enjoyed your time in SETU? Genuinely, I did. I lost a lot of college time due to COVID. This is actually the first time I've ever been in college during this semester which is or for the full semester which is honestly wow. kind of insane to think about is, yeah. yeah how'd you find being on online then was a uh difficult yeah uh yeah very very difficult i'm someone who likes to be always outgoing doing sports whatever i can kind of get my hands on to be honest so the idea of sitting at home for almost two or three months even even more was a hard one to get my yeah. head around but yeah, we we got through it anyway. It's tough, We're yeah. back. Good to be back on campus. Um, Anna Marie, would you would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name is Anne Marie Quigley, and I work in the student counselling service. As you said, um, I'm a chartered counselling psychologist and head of the service here in Waterford campus. Um, and you know, I was just thinking coming in this morning that. One of the brilliant things about my job is that no two weeks are ever the same. So this is my first visit um, to the recording studio here. And that's a really cool thing to be doing for the first time, you know, 18 years into my uh, work here in WIT, SETU. So, you know, um, that's just 
I'm really amusing me now today. Yeah. And it's yeah. so old school as well. Like it's different than what did you picture this when you thought like you're coming into the recorder podcast today? No, I didn't. I thought that we were going actually upstairs to the video suite. Does a so, vid- see, I didn't know there's a video yeah, suite even though. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I, I was aware that there had been um, and, and is at times a student radio station on campus, but I didn't put the pieces together to think how does that happen or yeah. where does it happen? So, yeah, it's really cool, even down to the really cool, like teal and light blue color scheme. I love it. And the low lights, I feel like that's very radio-esque t- yeah it's a nice touch really really uh yeah really ambient yeah so thank you both for joining us today so as i was saying earlier we'd be talking about mental health and well-being and i discussed earlier low mood and i believe martin has some questions that he's prepared or he's asked fellow students in the college about what they'd like to bring up so yeah maybe we'll start with question one and or yeah the questions and see how it goes fantastic yeah so, Martin, would you like to ask your first question? Perfect. Yeah. So all these questions have been gathered by different students and I've gotten some idea what the students actually want to hear. So the first one that I feel like is a big one, especially coming into semester two, is how to deal with feeling overwhelmed with projects. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, semester two, that's a really key sort of consideration. Yeah. Particularly people in their degree yeah. year like yourself. Yeah. So. I suppose a couple of very general points on that is when we feel overwhelmed about anything, there are a couple of things that it's really, really useful to try to just sit back and remember. And one of those is how completely natural and human it is to feel overwhelmed and particularly for that to happen in the context of pressures adding up, you know, because it's it's never just the project. It's the project on top of the essays, on the top essays, of, yeah. you know, the group work in class, on top of the housemate who doesn't ever empty the bins, on top of, you know, whatever might be going on in your personal life or at home. So acknowledging that that's human and normal and natural is really important. and. What I would then also really suggest is to think about, okay, well, is this new to me? And the reality is probably not, you know, because we all feel, well, most of us feel overwhelmed, you know, on a on a weekly, if not a a daily basis. It's something that comes up normally like that. Absolutely. And I mean, the pace of life has, you know, I, I, I mentioned that I'm here 18 years. There's no comparison to the pace of life. And the demands of life and work and the world now by comparison, even to pre-pandemic, you know, so we, we and we as humans are not necessarily designed to cope with the number of stimuli that we deal with on a daily basis and the, the pressures that we experience. Um, and, and it's really important to note there in terms of the pressures that we experience, it's it's important for us as each individual to try to figure out the difference between what's the pressure here that I'm perceiving versus what's the actual pressure. So an example of that is if I'm if I'm saying to myself, OK, this project is due in four weeks time and, you know, 
I have to get a first, I have to get a first, I have to get a first, you know, so it would be really great to get a first. It's not always possible to do that. And it's actually usually not necessarily helpful to approach a project or any any task in life with that really defined endpoint in terms of, you know, what, what do I want? What do I want the output to be? We tend to do much better if we can focus more on process. So, OK, breaking it down into breaking smaller down. steps. Yeah. yeah. What are the hundred, probably realistically hundred mini tasks I need to do here in order to build towards a good mark or a great mark, you know, without putting that pressure of first or whatever on ourselves. So and then along with that. Planning is really, really helpful. OK, so another sort of um kind of pitfall that we can all head into is becoming so absorbed in the thoughts and feelings that go along with being overwhelmed. And, and what I would say there is the feelings that go with being overwhelmed. They're they're probably very natural, like we are all entitled to our own feelings. Um, um but 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 it's really important and we can't always control how we feel about things, but a huge proportion of what we feel is influenced by what we're thinking and we have a better shot at controlling our thinking in order to manage how we're feeling. So just to be really, really careful about how we think about things. So, for example, if I think about my project as this huge piece of work, you know, 10,000 words that I have to submit on X date, that feels really, really big. And for me, like not particularly doable. Not at all. Yeah, absolutely. But if I try to think of it as, OK, this is a piece of work that has four sections. I'm expected to have X thousand words in each. I know that the structural layout of an introduction needs to be part A, B and C. That helps. And also having really clear information. So referring to whatever your lecture has posted on Moodle in terms of guidelines for the project, asking your lecturer questions, um, talking to classmates, you know, particularly the classmates who tend to be on top of this kind of stuff and then making a plan and always, always trying to um, work progressively, as I've said, work, work through the process of doing your project as opposed to having this, you know, what we would call magical thinking about, a, you know, a 10,000 word project that's just going to be there and you're pressing save. Um, you know, that will happen and you'll get to that point, but you'll get there much easier if you can break it down into small chunks, you know. Does I like that, that piece sense? you say about asking the lecturer for advice or asking friends because you're probably in the same boat as your friends as well and uh, they're going to understand I'm actually overwhelmed by this as well and this can help each other out. Absolutely and I think you know there really there are no bad questions um, and there will always be somebody else in the class who will be delighted that you ask the question that's you know probably on their mind and you know potentially some people may not feel able to put their hand up and ask the question. I agree, definitely. Like mm. one thing I can say from my experiences of four years of college is 
no one really knows what's going on. Like everyone is in definitely, as you said, the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. Like all it is is just one person to ask the question and everyone, trust me, everyone benefit, benefits from the answer. And something that the vast majority of us have in common is when we're feeling overwhelm or really when we're feeling any emotion that we perceive as a negative it's our assumption that everybody else is doing fine and that we're the only person struggling and in reality that is absolutely not the case but the person beside you is most likely also sitting there feeling really stuck and looking at you going how does he or she have this so together and what am I to be here so confused in fourth year in February you know Um, we always see the positive in other people um, or you know generally always we see we see other people doing well and we feel really strongly into our own struggles and that's just part of human nature and the only way to get past that is to engage with people and actually have the courage and it really takes loads of courage to ask for help be that put up your hand in class and say you know can you remind us lecturer where the guidelines for this are or could you recirculate them or you know if you were really brave enough to say I'm actually feeling really confused would you mind explaining this again you know so whether it's that kind of asking for help um, or linking in with friends and saying I'm just in an absolute heap with this I don't know what's going on or whether it's doing something more formal like reaching out to one of the support services in college you know asking for help is a really courageous thing to do and unfortunately part of our human nature is well can be I don't want to say is because we're we're all different and nothing in humanity is absolute But very, very often it can feel the very hardest to reach out and ask for help at the time when we most need it. You know. Yeah. And it's a brave thing then to ask for help, but it can be difficult. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the reality is that so many other areas of life have become so, so fast. You know, you order your takeaway on just eat it's there in 40 minutes you order your trainers on whatever website they're there the next day and human interaction is often an exception to that and the reality is that the people that we're asking for help sometimes are also really busy and maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed so they may not the first time we ask they may not hear what we've said they may not write it down and therefore forget to come back so sometimes when we need to ask for help we need to ask twice and that's really really hard and again that's that's a point where it would be amazing to be able to just take a pause take a breath and say okay this this doesn't mean anything the fact that the person hasn't responded doesn't mean anything about me or my question it just means they're busy or whatever and I am going to take myself seriously enough and have enough care for myself that I push myself to be brave again and ask exactly the same question again you know and then coming back to I think it was Einstein I'm not sure who said you know never a good idea to 
keep trying the same failing method to solve a problem. If you have to ask a third time at that point, I might suggest maybe you need to widen your net and look to an additional place for support. You talked about the fast paced term, like things happening quick. And I suppose with online stuff and resources there and social media, like we live in live in a world where like TikTok, people are just scrolling Mm. and are looking at these supports like how to help with mental health. And it's like a 10 second, 30 second video on like how to help. And you feel like I just need to do this one thing and it's going to be over like that. But how do you find goods? That's where I'm going to get. And how do you find good resources? That's yeah, that's a really, really good question. So there is research about TikTok, for example, and it's not exclusively TikTok. I'm naming TikTok because you named it. But on many of the platforms, there's research that um, has identified a shocking level of inaccuracy in terms of the information that's available and it's prolific. It's everywhere. So it is really, really important, as you flagged, to be sure that the sources that you're looking to for your information on mental health are reliable and accurate. So what I would suggest is look to the formal services that are really close by to you. So within SETU, there are a suite of services available to students um, and they include all of the academic supports that would be available to you through your lecturers. And then, for example, the huge range of supports that are available to you through Student Life and Learning and all of the discrete services that sit within Student Life and Learning. Okay, and then in addition to those, we have quite a new, really fantastic resource available to every single SETU student in the Together All platform. So togetherall.com is an online well-being and mental health platform which offers a huge range of functionality to students and I'm going to list them now and I'm most definitely going to leave some of them out but just off the top of my head there is um, there are a number of ways in which you can interact anonymously with peers to give and receive mental health support. There are um, evidence based articles about a whole range of well-being and mental health topics. There are e-learning modules specific to, you know, really commonly presenting challenges that we all have, such as, you know, managing your sleep, helping you to sleep better, managing anxiety, managing stress, how to plan, how to, you know, structure your working day, how to manage low mood, which is something you've, yeah. you've you know, we talked mentioned. about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a huge that's the tip of the iceberg, a huge wealth of information in there. As well as that, togetherall.com offers students students a set of tools that they can use to help manage and enhance their own well-being and mental health. And those would include journaling tools, planning tools. Um, there is this fantastic feature called the wall within the togetherall.com platform, which is literally a little graphic wall made up of tiles. And you can use those tiles to express whatever you want to express so you can type into them. There are digital tools that allow you draw or write into them. You can upload 
something that you've written. You can upload a lovely quote that you like. You can draw a picture. You can upload a picture. It's really, really creative. And what makes Together All just such a valuable resource for all our students is that every element of the platform is clinically moderated. And what clinically moderated means is that there's a team of mental health professionals in the background of the platform who are um, sort of there to support and guide all of the interactions on the platform. So they would monitor for things, including anonymity, which is really important. One of the key sort of principles of Together All is that it's anonymous peer support. So um, if anything that looks like a name or a phone number or an email address gets posted, that will immediately be flagged. And the individual who put that post will put the post up will get, you know, a very gentle, um, direct interaction from one of the clinical moderators. They're called wall guides within Together All because a lot of this creative work happens on the wall. wall, So they're the wall guides. Um, uh, And every every single element of Together All is monitored in that way to ensure the safety of the community as a respectful, supportive place and also to watch out for members or students um, on the platform who may be indicating that they're struggling or having a mental health crisis of some sort. So getherall.com, as I said, it's accessible to every single student who has an SETU student email address and to register. All you need to do is go to togetherall.com, sign up on the registration page using your SETU student email. You create a username for yourself. You fill in a very brief registration page and off you go. Every subsequent time that you go to the site, you just log in using your username and password and that's together all. And I'd really encourage engagement with it. And I suppose if I could just say one um, sort of practice influenced thing is that, you know, something I know really, really clearly is that while we may, you know, you may be listening to this now, taking on board. Oh, yeah. You know, they're talking about togetherall.com. It sounds great. Human nature is such that when you are feeling distressed or when you are under pressure, you may not neurologically, your brain may not allow you to re-engage with that piece of information that you know today. So it's always a good idea to pre-prepare, you know, to get yourself set up with with set up and organised for anything. You know, projects would be an example. We've spoken about that already. But maybe to register now on Together All and save your password somewhere easily accessible. And so the day or the middle of the night that you feel like you need to reach out, it'll just make your engagement with support easier at that point so even if you're not in need of it now it's just good to have there and it sounds like such a useful resource and you've explained it well but it's not until you use the service i suppose that you're going to get the benefits or you can see that absolutely i'm not even vaguely doing it justice in my description of it you know it, it has to be seen to be believed But it's just like asking for help. It can be the hardest to ask another person for help at the time we most need it. It will be hard to remember that Together All exists at the time when you might maybe need it a little bit more than you need it now as you listen to us. Deadly. 
So Martin has the next question going to lead into. Yeah. So uh, one of the points you mentioned was about um, how fast the internet is currently moving. And I guess my next question is about procrastination because because of how fast things are, people have become very obsessed with their phones or obsessed with X, Y, Z that procrastination is probably one of the key issues in students today. Like even I know personally that uh, I am currently here recording this podcast instead of uh, <laughs> recording a, uh, what is it, a, some lecture notes. Well, I can tell you now as not a student, <laughs> I'm fairly familiar with procrastination myself, Martin. So um, outside of the incredibly disciplined among us, procrastination is just a fact of life and you're absolutely right you know contemporary life and social media and devices in particular just give us so many avenues to procrastinate like in my day when I had exams looming or thesis to submit or whatever like I'd be I'd be cleaning the kitchen because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a smartphone, Anything you know. Anything else but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we, our procrastination has adapted with yeah. technology. So procrastination is psychologically, it's very interesting. So I'm going to give you one explanation of procrastination. Yeah. This is not definitive. There's lots of thought on it. And again, like everything else, it will be an individual experience but procrastination so the psychology of procrastination can be conceptualized in terms of we so so Martin what is it that maybe you or maybe people in general that you know of procrastinate about do you procrastinate about putting on your favorite whatever on Netflix so personally, I'm a very indecisive person. So mm-hmm. genuinely, I would almost procrastinate putting okay. something on Netflix, okay. which is, I find okay. very funny you brought up. But as uh, I guess a good example for college is last semester, I made the mistake of adding all my assignments up and was led with the 10,000 words due by X date. And I can tell you, I procrastinated very hard. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. Because what you were seeing front and centre was probably the hardest piece. Yeah. Yeah. And in general, we procrastinate about the things that we perceive to be either the most difficult or the least pleasurable. So humans are mass universally humans are massively motivated by pleasure or perceived pleasure and massively averse to pain. Now, from an evolutionary perspective that makes a whole load of sense because you know caveman would be sticking his hand into the fire if he weren't averse to pain you know and there wouldn't be too many of us in the species left if here now yeah. yeah yeah so in general we procrastinate about stuff that is anxiety provoking to us and a way of understanding procrastination is that even though When we realise, oh, my God, I have procrastinated for the last hour or the last day or the last week. um, And now I feel kind of crap about myself. The the negative arousal that's involved in the, oh, I feel crap with myself. It is a very likely extremely familiar to me. And B, it is very likely way less aversive to me or way less painful to me 
than the feeling of anxiety that I know I will get and realistically I will get when I open my laptop or open the book to take notes and face into that first little piece of whatever the very difficult task is. So procrastination is much more acute in terms of starting a task. And that's a massive tip I would give to absolutely everybody about procrastination is if you could try to do something, even if it's even if it's an incredibly small thing, but it represents a start on your piece of work. So, for example, open a Word document and title it and save it. And that is your essay. Start it or write in, you know, your name or write in a little plan of, you know, introduction needs 250 words, main body needs 0.1.2. Even if it's just a 1% on the way to the 100%. Absolutely. And then, you know, I would sometimes even then select all and do word count and I go, woohoo, I have, you know, 23 words. (laughs) So, but, but, but in a very simple way, I have started my essay. And hopefully, especially if you can think positively enough about it, you have therefore taken away the first tiny little layer of anxiety. You know, because you know that old adage of how do you eat an elephant? Start at the foot or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, I'm sure there's loads of answers, but, you know, one bite at a time would be an answer that I'd know to that question. And so it's the same for your essay your project, getting started with your Couch to 5K app. Oh, you know, getting into bed at night. If your particular challenge at the moment is maybe having gone a bit nocturnal and staying up too late and struggling to get out of bed in the morning, it's always the first piece is the hardest and the most the most anxiety provoking and therefore the most procrastination provoking. So make a start is a huge tip and just think about whether for you that interplay of the feeling of procrastination the feeling of oh god now I've wasted more time just try and sit back and sit with that feeling and notice it and and try to assess for yourself well is that feeling you know a bigger more difficult feeling than the anxiety that I feel about whatever the thing is that I'm procrastinating Okay. Yeah. Does that does that answer your question? Definitely. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. probably important to note that it's not laziness, is it? Like when it comes to procrastination, it's not that you're being lazy. I don't want to do this today because. Well, it's not. It's not certainly not always laziness, right? Lazy is not a word that I like, yeah. right? But there is a reality, in all parts of adult life, which is that we need to take responsibility for the stuff that we need to take responsibility for. So maybe rather than thinking of it in terms of am I lazy or not lazy, I would try to put a much more um, responsive frame on it by changing the language a little bit and saying to myself, okay, so I have a really clear choice here. Am I going to take a little bit of responsibility for this essay today when I'm under you know X amount of pressure Mm -hmm. or am I going to not take that responsibility and leave it off to tomorrow or next week when I will be under X multiplied by two amount of pressure yeah 
And responsibility actually is a word I love because if you break it down, what have you got? You've got response and able, you know, so am I able to make a response here? Um, and in general terms, we're usually able to make some sort of response, even if it is, as I've said, with my my, you know, kind of slightly silly example, open the Word document or open the Excel workbook and title it and save it and your project is started. Yeah, I feel like that's very good advice, to be honest. So um, the next question I have is it, it's it's taken us a little bit away from the topic we've been currently on. But it's one that I got from 10 or 11 different students. Okay. College is a new experience for everyone who does it. But for a lot of people, it's the first time they will actually ever move away. Yeah. Now, personally, I got very lucky. The college that I picked is within driving distance of my house. So I've never actually moved away yet, but hopefully sometime soon. But for a lot of students, they're dealing with this while also dealing with the idea that they're after starting in a brand new college. They don't know anyone. They're in a new city. How how should students be dealing with all these sudden changes? Yeah. Um, and actually, as I'm thinking, Martin, there's a whole new layer to that now in the last sort of two to three years and particularly this year. The fact that those students who need to move away from home, they're actually really lucky if they have, you know, a home of any description with the with the property rental market as it is. Yeah. So it's a really big move. OK, it's a really, really big move. It's important to acknowledge that it's to yourself. It's really important to acknowledge that, of course, you're going to feel whatever you feel, scared, daunted, maybe quite anxious, maybe really sad, maybe really homesick. And one of the things that I think is really, really important is trying to in a in a in a positive way and in a really respectful way wherever you land um whether it's within your class group say for example for a student who is commuting from their family home where they don't have a new home but they do have this new peer group so whether it's that example or whether it's an example of a student who moves here from i don't know Donegal um, who's very, very far from home, probably realistically with not much opportunity to go back for the weekends, start really positively and take up your space. So, you know, say hello to the people in your class. Introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the housemates. Be the person who says, you know, I'm putting on the kettle. Would you like a cup of tea? Or be the person when a housemate says I'm putting on the kettle, say, yes, please, I would love the cup of tea. So, you know, the giving and the receiving there is really important. Getting involved with the whole lot of it, yeah. Getting involved, yeah, absolutely. It's okay to say that you're overwhelmed, you know, and it, it's okay to say to the housemates, God, I'm kind of embarrassed here, but, you know, I can't figure out this washing machine, you know, <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um, and to remember that, you know, you still you still have your your connections with home, which hopefully are a safe and solid foundation. And that's not the reality for everybody. Um, you know, not everybody comes from a safe and solid home. But if you do have safe and secure relationships that you can tap back into, so that might be your family who you grew up with. 
It might be your friend group at home. It might be your best friend's mom or your own grandmother or whoever. So just check in with whoever that source of support might be and say, look, I'm finding this hard, you know. And remember that if you're feeling homesick, that's actually it just reflects so positively on the home that you've left, you know, and the home that you are still connected to, whether it's by phone or by Zoom, maybe by a trip home every weekend or maybe some weekends. And then in terms of your new life, you know, be it here in the southeast, if you're an SETU student or, you know, wherever it might be in whatever university, get stuck in, you know, take up your space, look at what's available to you, think about joining a club or a society. And actually something just to be so aware of is I sometimes think I don't know, do you think this, but I sometimes think when students look at clubs and societies, they think, oh, but I can't join the badminton club because I don't know how to play badminton. That's not what clubs and socks is no, about. Not at all. It's about signing up to something you're interested in, going in there, unable to do whatever the sport or activity is and learning with a group of like minded people and having loads of fun. You don't ever have to compete. You know, there are lots of competitive teams and clubs here and if that's the route that you are in a position to go down and you want to brilliant join those you know competitive clubs but you know the clubs and socks is your amazing opportunity at very low cost to try out activities that just mightn't have been available before and that might actually be really tricky or really expensive in the world outside college to engage with so give that a go yeah uh, I can definitely agree with that. Like um, last year, just after COVID ended, I decided I'd try out a couple of new sports. So I opted to join the kayaking club and I honestly made so many just new friends. Yeah, brilliant. Like not only was I learning a new sport, but the whole group, everyone there is honestly sometimes like a second family. Like if it's not kayaking, we'll always be out doing something bowling. I think some of us are joined badminton recently, just, just as <laughs> you mentioned it as well. Very good. Just, yeah, there's so many good clubs and socks uh, options available that like you will find one club or one society that fits your nature or who you are. And I cannot recommend it enough, especially the kayaking club personally. Yeah. But Brilliant. But just a little shout out for myself. Can I ask, did you have experience with kayaking before that at all? or Not a inch. To be honest, it was actually our current education officer, Brian O'Mani, who um, taught me as soon as I joined. And Brian was so nice, so helpful. I went in with a bit of anxiety and Brian completely understood that from day one. Uh, took me aside whenever I needed it. Uh, he'd show me all the ropes got me trained up we always make sure we do a swim test before uh, anyone's even allowed in a kayak so we are always making sure people are safe and since it's in a pool it's uh, there's a lifeguard present it's extremely safe and I went from well I went from someone who couldn't paddle in a straight line to uh, doing one or two very small little tricks and uh, different Brilliant. rivers depending on the weekend yeah brilliant yeah, that's just a perfect example. You have reminded me of something, Martin, which is the Students' Union is a huge resource and I'd really encourage any new student or any ongoing student to connect with the union, maybe volunteer for something, class rep council, etc. Yeah. 
Um, it's a really, really great way to meet people and to give a little bit back to the community definitely, as definitely. well. I've been uh, taken on as a part-time admin within the Students' Union, which is actually the first time they've ever done that for a student, which is honestly brilliant. And just getting involved and being able to help out just has changed my perspective on college life. I'm currently considering running for the uh, student union position and uh, looking forward to it, to be honest. I really want to just give back to students in whatever way I can. So uh, keep an eye out for that, I guess. That's a that's a brilliant challenge to take on. Yeah, yeah. yeah really good luck with it. Can I jump back a tiny bit? I forgot Definitely. something really important in terms of the moving away for the first time. So... um. Our reality is that for some students, their shared rental situation can actually be very, become very difficult to negotiate. You know, things can go wrong interpersonally. People can maybe not get on. Um, A really, really common thing, and I don't know if you guys can identify with this. I certainly can from my own university days is just simple things like when there are four in house and only two are picking up the slack of managing a house yeah. and running a house you know um so something that i would really strongly suggest is um at an early stage in your life together in your shared accommodation i would really really encourage not in any formal way just saying do you know what guys can we can we just have a can we just make a plan to make living here as nice as possible for everyone and you know um make life better for everyone in the house exactly so that might be a little bit of a rota for cleanup it might be you know there's four of us and one shower so let's all you know try to keep it to 10 minutes in the shower and i know that on monday tuesday wednesday you have a nine o'clock lecture and I don't, so I'm not going to jump in the shower at half eight on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just stuff like that, okay? And again, a bit like the asking for help or, you know, asking a question in class, it's more than likely that at least one other person in your shared accommodation will be delighted to be to be having this conversation. And if Definitely. you're lucky, all will. And again, I would say just be very, very careful about when we're living with others you know, you for those of us and at the beginning of college, the reality for most of us who move into shared accommodation is we're coming from our family home. You've lived with your family all your life. You know them inside out. They know you inside out. They'll put up with a lot from you and you will from them. But these people that you're moving in with in college may well be strangers. So, you know, if someone says, no, thanks, I don't want to go for drinks tomorrow night what that means is they don't want to go for drinks tomorrow night full stop it doesn't mean I don't like you it doesn't mean I think you're smelly it doesn't mean anything it it means the thing that they said okay and it's it's this is back to managing our thinking you will do yourself a massive favor if you can get into the discipline of not mind reading and second guessing the things that people say or don't say do or don't do okay i think i read somewhere isn't it like we think 90 percent of our thoughts are not actually what's there or something like that yeah there's there's a massive difference between what we perceive and what's the reality 
you know. So, for example, there are three of us here in this room and I I think I, I said I loved the teal colour. But when both of you are looking at, at, you know, at this same counter here, you might not perceive that as teal or maybe teal doesn't mean the same thing to you as it does to me. So perception is massive. And when in doubt, you know, just ask gently and respectfully ask for clarification. You know, I'm not sure we're on the same page here. I think this is teal. Is that what you think it is? Or maybe you think it's magenta? You know, so just try to communicate, try to have an actual conversation out loud in reality with the other individual rather than writing, you know, a two hour long movie script in your head about what might be going on. Communication is definitely always key. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't go wrong, you know, in, in any type of communication, if I say to you, you know, Gary, I really feel X. Very difficult for you to say, no, you don't feel X, you feel Y. You know, whereas if I say, Gary, I think you were blah, 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 blah. What's your first reaction going to be? I don't feel that way. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm not. No, I didn't. It's going to be defensive. So, you know, if you have, if you're having a difficulty in your shared accommodation or in any, you know, interaction in life, really, you need to start with what your feeling and your experience um, and put that in terms of I language. I think this, I feel this. I am having a hard time with whatever, as opposed to you didn't put the bins out three weeks in a row because that's not opening a conversation like you've said. And you're dead right, Martin. Communication is is the key. Um, That's not opening a healthy line of communication. It's putting the other first person on the back foot, making them feel attacked. And of course, they're going to come back defensively and you're going to get nowhere with the with the issue at hand. As I was talking to students, uh, another big piece came up was how to deal with isolation. I feel a lot of students feel like they're the only ones going through certain issues that maybe every student is dealing with. Yeah. So I guess students would love your opinion on this. Yeah. So and, you know, the, the, the thing is, we know that we know in the student counselling service and in the student support team more broadly that isolation and loneliness are a huge issue for students. And, you know, the, the key thing I would say there is and I know I'm repeating myself, but my thoughts on many of these different questions start at the same point, which is. Be gentle with yourself. Okay, if you're feeling isolated, it's not going to help you giving out to yourself for feeling isolated. You're feeling lonely. That's the way it is. How can you take responsibility for making that situation better? And having the courage and, oh, by goodness, does it take courage? It does to reach out is really, really important. So I'd ask you to think about where are you at now? And if, for example, right now you're at a point and there are lots of students who are at a point that they don't actually speak to anyone from the beginning of the day to the end. Okay, so how can you change and improve that by speaking to somebody? And that might be saying hello to someone that you pass in a corridor. 
if you get the bus to college, it might be saying, oh, God, it's very rainy today to the bus driver. It might be striking up a conversation, which is very easy to do with the lovely staff that we have in um, in all the canteens here, just striking up a little bit of chat and you will absolutely get a lovely, friendly response back from them. Same with the porters. Um, or maybe just say hello to the person beside you in class. Now, we know that a huge issue for students is you're saying to yourselves, oh, my God, we're now in, you know, week whatever of semester two of second year. And here I am and I don't know anybody. Um, Like, how how am I going to solve this? Because it's like it's not. It, is it too late to kind of do it? That's what they're thinking, is, prob- is probably it, thinking. Yeah. yeah, is it too late? And also this thing of I'm the only person in this boat. You're probably not. Just, you know, turn to the person beside you and say, how was your weekend? You don't have to say, how was your weekend, Gary, if you can't yeah. remember that their name is Gary. How was your weekend? Did you watch the match last night? Can you make head or tail of this subject? I'm so lost did you hear about whatever? What are you watching on Netflix? Whatever, you know, just say something. And a really good place to start often is to ask somebody something very gentle and appropriate and respectful about themselves. What do you think of whatever? Because people in general quite like talking about themselves. Yeah. Have you have you found that in your time on the planet? Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) It's a really good place to start. I think that's where podcasts are. Like people like talking. So we do podcasts, you know, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so think about now that we have togetherall.com. Think about registering for togetherall.com. Please, if you are a student who's feeling isolated, register on togetherall.com. That's one of the key elements of Together All and strengths of it. It's a peer support platform. It's a really safe, positive, supportive environment where you can engage online with other students. So, you know, just just give that a go. Um, and there is content in there. There's there's some of those e-learning modules will be um, relevant to managing loneliness and, and isolation and learning communication skills. So if you are a student who's feeling isolated, please register for togetherall.com. And then I would say consider any of the other student support services that might be relevant to you. Um, Definitely consider clubs and socks. It's never too late to join a club, um, volunteer for something. And then I'd also ask people to think about, you know, if you feel there's an underlying issue that's informing your isolation. So if you think that there might be a mental health issue, if your mood is very low, if you're feeling very anxious, for example, if there is potentially a physical health issue, if you just have no energy, for example, um, or if you think or you know that you may have a disability of any sort, that's impacting your ability to mix with other people. There are services there to support you with any of those different um, presenting profiles. So, you know, consider getting in touch with the student counselling service if there's an emotional or psychological problem or if you think there is. You don't need to know. You just need to ask the question. And I think it's good to add that if they don't know 
mm-hmm. where the support needs to come from the SLL desk is always there for people to come in and just say look I'm feeling this way and then you can be kind of referred on to whichever service or support is there absolutely absolutely yeah I've been you know decades at orientations and different presentations saying the one thing that you need to know is student life and learning is here you just go and ask someone and they'll put you in touch with the right person yeah so absolutely Uh, One point you just touched on was the volunteering. Uh, As a student who's got involved with both peer-to-peer and the ambassadors, it's where I've met the majority of my current friends that everyone talks, everyone is super nice. And sometimes it's just a case of signing up to these things that you're able to just get to know people, get to know what people are like, and you're able to, you know, get out and actually do something rather than say if you're sitting at home or sitting in the library and uh, also consider the student union Uh, over there they have pool tables playstations and everyone's willing for a chat like all it takes sometimes is just that hi how are you like uh, one example I absolutely love is last semester I was studying in the library and just had a random student come up to me and go oh hi how are you what kind of laptop is that and I can say we, we, we've become great friends after that. Like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's the most random encounter I think I've had in the college. It, it completely came out of nowhere. I think she was just passing and seeing the laptop and we still, we're still talking Making nowadays. Friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is just brilliant. You know, Definitely. And, and just her having the courage to, to, to interact yeah. with another human, you know, and how nicely you responded to her as well. And you know what? Even if, even if you had said to that girl, go away and mind your own business. <laughs> yeah. All that means is you didn't want to talk about your laptop. Doesn't yeah. mean anything about her. No, not at all. Like yeah. one thing I'll say is you always you're always wondering what everyone else is saying about you as you pass. But for most people, you're just a blink. Like mm-hmm. you say something, they'll think about it for maybe a second and they'll move on. That's, that, that's just how people work, yeah. to be honest. You know, mo- most people, it's taken most people their best to keep their own show on the road to get yeah. through the day. You know, mm-hmm. you are so, yeah. so correct, Martin. People spend way less time um, thinking about us than we think they do. I think the best way I've ever heard her put is everyone's self-obsessed and there's there's no getting around that. Every, everyone just loves, well, not loves, but everyone usually has themselves on the brain. Yeah, just they're looking after the themselves. So why yeah. would yeah? Yeah, and that's evolution. Yeah, you yeah. know that that that's hardwired into us. I like the common kind of answer to all these questions is that shared experience. We're all going through the same thing. We're all in college Absolutely. together. I feel yeah. if there's one thing that SETU is known for, it's it's the community. Like everyone just seems to know everyone. Everyone's willing to talk. Everyone's willing to help if they can. Like uh, back in first year, I remember just going up to some random student being like, hey, where do I find this room? And like in my head, I was like, oh, my God, this is super daunting. But for them, it just seemed like the most common question in the world. Pulled out a map almost straight away, was showing where to go. That, that was it. That was the whole interaction. And it still sticks in my head just how how willing people are to help in these kind of situations. And again, you only know that. Because you asked the very first question. Yeah. You know, you had the courage to reach out that very first time. Yeah, a yeah. little bit of courage 
goes a long way in this college, to say mm. the least. And again, I just I want to be careful of the language. I know we're using the word courage a lot and no more than the lazy or not lazy. Um, You know, the courage or whatever the opposite of courage is. That's not we're not saying that judgmentally. Um, And I'm making this point because I know that if you are a person listening to this who is currently feeling badly about yourself, the chances are is the chances are that you will you know, put a negative spin on your own experience. And we're asking you to please not do that. Please take responsibility for recognising that you as a member of this community are as important, as welcome as any other person. And, you know, just try to find a way to engage. Be that. College is for everyone. Yeah. Like everyone makes their experiences their own way. There is no set rule book. There is no way to define it as one simple sentence. Mm-hmm. College is exactly what you make it mm-hmm. and exactly how you need it to be. And not everybody needs or wants a huge social circle or, or no. you know, an extensive social life. And that is fine if, you know, if, if you're very focused on being here for learning or whatever, um, that's absolutely fine. You know, you you do this your way so long as you are keeping yourself safe and happy and so long as you're being respectful to the others and the community around you. That is a OK. Yeah. yeah. Get out there, get involved. And it's OK to not have that large social space, that's social it. circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for this episode, we might call this part one yep. and then we'll have a part two later on in a couple of weeks or maybe next kind of term after the midterm. Sounds good. Sounds great. Brilliant. Thank you guys for coming in and thank you for the chat. Thanks so much for having us. Genuinely, it's always been a little bit of a dream to hop on a podcast. So you're famous now. I'm famous now, exactly. (laughs) Martin Flynn, remember the name. (laughs) I knew him back when. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys. Thank you both. Thanks so much for having us, Gary. Genuinely, I don't think we could have got a better host. Well, I did not expect that. We will be joined by Anne-Marie and Martin in part two of our Mental Wellbeing podcast, which will be out in a couple of weeks. As mentioned by myself and Anne-Marie earlier in the podcast, Together All is an amazing resource, which we highly recommend to all students here at SETU. As you heard, we're all in the same boat here in college. All of us are experiencing different things, but we are experiencing college together. This is your college experience and it is what you make it. Say hello to new people. Get out there, enjoy yourself. And if you do need support, don't hesitate to get in touch with Student Life and Learning and we can refer you to the right place. That's it from us for this episode. In our next episode, we'll be joined by a student to talk about all things money and budgeting during your time here in college. Make sure to follow us on Instagram which is at sll.se2u to keep up to date with everything that's going on. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.